I love all of the guests we've had on the show. I I truly feel like when I look backwards to connect some of the dots to see if we're fulfilling the vision and mission we have for the show and for Creative Live, or, or it's I get excited because there's this fabric that has come together over the past ten years. Uh, and that is part of what I'm so dang excited about for this conversation today is this particular individual, their background, the, the breadth and depth of what they've been able to accomplish in the directions that, um, this guest pushes the boundaries of creativity, of entrepreneurship and positivity and mindset. And so many of the things that are core to our show, that is why I know you will love absolutely love capital L O V E this episode. Peter Diamandis is, uh, been named by fortune as one of the world's 50 greatest leaders. He started more than 20 companies in the areas of longevity, space, venture capital, education. He's a New York times bestseller of books like bold. Uh, and He's currently the founder and executive chairman of XPRIZE Foundation, which leads the world in designing large-scale incentive competitions like the first uh, group to be able to launch and land a rocket into space two times over the course of the week, things like that drive radical change. Um, and he's also the co-founder of Singularity University, a graduate-level learning institution that counsels world leaders on exponentially growing technology. And that you'll find out quickly in our conversation that we know here in this community, what underpins all these exponentially or exponential growth opportunities, whether it's in technology or human psychology. And the thing that underpins it all is creativity. So you are going to love this conversation. If you see yourself as a creator or an entrepreneur or want to be one, the relationships between mindset, between health and wellness, between uh, pursuing your passion, um, defining your passion purpose, your massively transformative purpose, this episode is going to rock your world. If you're running right now or driving or commuting, I'm guessing you're going to want to listen to this twice because you're going to want to do it once with a notepad uh, by your side. So again, I'm going to get out of the way. Very excited to have Peter Diamandis on the show. It's been a couple years in the making and can't wait to hear what you think. Give us a shout. Uh, shout out Peter on social. And of course, let me know what you think. But uh, before we get into the show, just a quick word from Creative Live. Hey, quick question for you before we get into the episode. Do you feel stuck by any chance? Do you feel like your dreams are, are a bit out of reach or you've got more potential with this one precious life than you're realizing today right this moment? Well, you know what? I got an idea. Life isn't about finding fulfillment and success. It's about creating it. So to that end, I wrote a book. It's a new book. It just dropped in September. It's called Creative Calling and it became an instant bestseller when it was released this past September. Now, if you dig this podcast, then this book is the perfect, and I mean perfect, companion because it takes the ideas we discuss here on the show, creativity, entrepreneurship, how to pursue your dreams and career, hobby, and in life, and it organizes them in a super clever and incredibly practical way that will help you take action in pursuit of your dreams. So I do have an ask, and that ask is that you pick up a copy or two, or who am I kidding, maybe 10, but again, 
here's why. This is not about a transaction. This is about a message and a movement. You see, creativity is a force inside every one of us that when it's unleashed, it transforms our lives and delivers vitality to everything we do. Establishing a creative practice is therefore, in my opinion, the most valuable and urgent task that you can do. It's as important to our well-being as exercise and nutrition. So I put everything I had into this book. I mean everything. It's 10 years in the making. Now, I know from math and numbers that a lot of you who listen to the show have already purchased the book. And for that, I say thank you. Uh, and I have a, a separate ask of you. And that is, one, if you haven't left a review, it would mean the world to me. I read them regularly um, and I'm sharing them on my social and I'm just so grateful to have your feedback. And thing two, thank you for being the messengers for this book. I know, as do you, that word of mouth is the most powerful way that we learn about things in our culture. And the fact that the book you know, went straight to the bestseller lists and is continuing to... Um, have incredible traction on a global level. I know that you're active and I just want to say thanks. All right. Thanks very much for listening. And now let's get back into the show. Peter, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for, thanks hey, for coming in with us. Hey, good morning, pal. It's morning where we are right now. It is indeed. We are on the West coast of the United States and uh, very happy to have you on the show. Obviously we are in crazy times uh, the fact that you are our guest and you have um, done so much great thinking, writing, publishing around areas of mindset, of scaling great ideas, of learning, COVID-19, therapeutics, diagnostics, longevity. These are all things that are, it's like your whole world is coming to a, the, the tip of the spear right it's, now. I, so I'm, you know, despite all of the pain in the world. Right now, my heart goes out to everybody. I'm having an extraordinary blast. I meaning it's like I'm a kid in a candy store. I'm a nine-year-old kid who's like, holy, can I say holy shit? Yes, you can say holy everything shit. you want. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh my God, there's like so much happening, so much potential, so much um, extraordinary ability to, to create, reinvent, solve. Um, it's, it's extraordinary. There's never that been like this. Yeah, n never, never. Ever. And all, all, as you, you said, um, all of this, the unrest, um, all of the um, struggles and strife and challenges, all of those are just, um, they're, they're opportunities presenting themselves for complete reinvention and transformation. And when I, um, you know, I, I've read all of your books, um, Stephen Kotler, longtime friend that uh, has co-authored those books with you, been on the show before, um, and so your name has been on the show many times, despite <laughs> you, you, you personally not being here, as you've had many stand-ins, uh, right. and I particularly, one, one thread, a through point for so much of your work, uh, to me, is this positivity and mindset, and in fact, if I had my act together, I would have your Twitter feed up in front of me because you tweeted something, I think this morning, just about this opportunity to create and, you know, co-create and reinvent so much right now, and yeah. mindset is at the foundation of that. So I'm hoping you can start off our discussion today with the role that mindset plays, not just in your work, but in the advice that you give to others. I think mindset is everything. It's everything. It's it is the single most important thing that um, differentiates 
success from failure, from having a blast in life to being in the depths of despair. And let's be clear, right? Um, unless you're manic all the time, we all have ups and downs. But it's having the right mindset helps you part the clouds and see that guiding star. I'm, I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time with my different communities, my abundance community, um, singularity community, XPRIZE community, uh, my future community. And, and ultimately what I say to people is um, if you took away everything from Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, everything, but kept their mindset, uh, they would rebuild and recreate much of what they had uh, because it really is a matter of how do you see the world? Uh, when you see challenges or opportunities, how do you react to them? And I think that's really important. And, it, and I think one thing that people ask me, say, Peter, we, have you always had that, that positive abundance and exponential mindset? And the answer is no. You can tend towards it, trend towards it, uh, have have some biases towards it, but I I built this one step at a time by deciding what I want to let into my brain. Like, uh, you know, who you hang out with, the posters on your wall, what you spend your time on, all of that molds your brain, right? Our brains are 100 billion neurons, 100 trillion synaptic connections, and it's this massive neural net, and it's shaped by your experiences. And so if you wanna have, you know, you know this, you know, people say if you wanna, if you're overweight, you wanna become skinny, hang out with skinny people. If you're not in shape, hang out with people who are in good shape, and, and those, you know, you're the average of, of the people you spend the most time with. So what do you let into your mind? Um, that's really important. Can you share with us some of the ways that you actively program that? I mean, you gave some, some, uh, I would call them, uh, real, but also very simple examples, posters on your wall, who you hang out with, but let's dig one level deeper into Peter's world. Yeah. So happily, I mean, and there's nothing I want to talk about. I avoid politics and sports, but otherwise I'm, I'm good. Um, uh, so uh, first of all, I didn't get here in one fell swoop, right? And so nobody, if you're in the beginning of your journey, give yourself permission to get there incrementally, one step at a time, small leaps here and there. But I'm really lucky uh, by virtue of the crowd that I've cultivated, who are my brothers, my sisters, my my dearest friends. Uh, and it's like I'm always looking to hang out with people who up my game, who stretch me, who inspire me who allow me to inspire them because I, I think it's life is a matter of what you give, not what you get. Right. And if people are open to that inspiration, your work here, case in point. Um, so, uh, the X prize foundation, which is organization I founded, God, it's hard to believe 25 years ago now. Wow. Um, yeah. It's wow. Insane. If you had asked me, I'd have said 10, maybe uh, 12. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. 25 years ago. Uh, but I, that look great, by the way, for, thank you, for thank having you. I mean, Listen, I'm, I'm a nine year old kid in my body. Um, and, and I'm shooting for 700 year lifespan. We can talk about that later. Yep. Um, but, uh, I'm the X prize and the a hundred incredible people who work there and the, and the millions of people who support our work just go to xprize.org to learn, learn more. We flip the conversation and say, 
uh, how do you solve that problem? Not can it be solved? Every I believe that every single problem on the planet can be solved by the convergence of the right mindset, the right technology and capital. And so it's how do you solve it? Right. Not not. Um, and, and when can you get it solved? Not if can you get it solved? So that's that singular university. Um, uh, my blogs, I put out, you know, if you go to diamandis.com, I put out a blog every, every week, which is focused on, a, on the abundance mindset and exponential mindsets. Um, you know, one thing I was just mentioning to you, uh, in the beginning, I actually, I'm so angry at the news media um, cause the news media in my mind, you know, I call CNN the crisis news network or the constantly negative news network. I don't have a good acronym for Fox yet. Um, but it's I know like, what that first letter is going to be though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you got my brain going. Sorry. So, uh, so, but if you think about it, right. There's somebody in the newsroom or an editor at the newspaper who is like deciding what you're going to see. And our brains evolved on the savannas of Africa hundreds of thousands, millions of years ago. Back then, if you missed a piece of good news, ah, too bad. You missed a piece of bad news, your genes were out of the gene pool. And so we evolved an ancient piece of our temporal lobe called the amygdala that scans everything, everything we see and hear for negative news. And if we see a piece of negative news, it puts us on red alert. And so we pay 10 times more attention to negative news and positive news. So if you open a newspaper or watch any news network, it's 10 to one negative to positive. And the question you have to ask yourself, is that the way the world really is? Is it all just negative news or is that a selection bias? And I believe it's selection bias. There's amazing news out there. But new, good news networks don't succeed. Um, so three years ago, I sent out on a journey uh, to reinvent how I get my news, how I get my information. I built a, a company. We just are rolling it out now into beta. It's called Future, future, future yeah. Loop. Yeah. Future L-O-O-P, futureloop.com. And um, what it does is it actually scans uh, all the news around the world, science journals, uh, social media, newspapers, magazines, everything. And it, um, it looks at it and it rates everything from a quality of the news to news bias to uh, positive. So semantic, is it a positive forward looking piece or is it a negative piece? And then it's looking for convergence of technologies. It's like is this news piece looking at how AI and robotics and 3D printing are coming together and then how it focuses on industries or interests? So you can put in any subject like clothing or ceramics or, you know, painting, whatever you want. And it will tell you how uh, how that industry is being reinvented by technology in an abundance and exponential mindset. And then we also created a, some fascinating things. I created a version of avatars. Um, so you can, we are able to create avatars of Elon Musk or Ray Kurzweil or Jeff Bezos or myself. And so you can look at the news through their eyes. So um, it's like, uh, we'll be rolling this out in a couple of weeks. Uh, so it will like show you, okay, this article is selected by virtual Elon and upvoted by virtual Peter. 
and and it becomes sort of a um, uh, a means by which you can w- see the news through the lenses that you want. And it just helps me see the news in a much more constructive, positive sense. So, I mean, those, those, you know, it's interesting. People talk about AI being biased, right? But the algorithms are not biased. It's the data you feed the algorithms that's biased. If you feed an algorithm only dog images and you show it a cat, it says, oh, it's a dog. And our brains are the same way. It's what you feed our brains that biases us so anyway that's my no that's my fascinating and and as we stay grounded in this concept of mindset as as you said the foundation to everything um you you said it was it we we moved quickly through it because we got right into the actual meat but you said it's like what you feed your brain and it's very similar to uh, i'm understanding what you're saying is you are choosing whether you choose you choose your friends, whether you cho- how you choose the news, um, and in a world where um, Future Loop is not everywhere and ubiquitous quite yet, I'm sure it will be in six months if your track record <laughs> says <laughs> says anything. But um, we are programming ourselves, and I'm wondering if you can are there you you, you cited like on the horizon. There's the news and our friends. What about internally? What, you know, I, I like to say that the most important words in the world are the ones we say to ourselves. Yeah. And so. hundred yeah, so, uh, percent. Yeah. 100%. So give us, give, give me uh, well, a lens that morning, you up. I wake up every morning and in the shower, I have my mantras that I have, right? A lot of this, uh, one of my closest friends on the planet, someone I, I think the world of as a mentor, as a friend, as a co-conspirator is Tony Robbins. So Tony and I have a couple of companies together. We're writing a book together called Life Force, which will be a late 2021 book about extending the healthy lifespan. Um, but you know, if anybody's ever gone to any of his programs, uh, God knows he's he's like yeah. the, the not going to events is like slaying him because he's a man who's had like 30 30 countries in 30 days uh, with you know. 10,000, 25,000 people in the audience with him. So he's, he's definitely having a different experience of life right now. But um, I have my, what I call my massively transformative purpose. So in the morning, uh, whether it's in the shower or before, uh, and it's two or three times a day, you know, and it goes like this. I see, hear, feel, and know that the purpose of my life is to inspire and guide entrepreneurs to create a hopeful, compelling, an abundant future for humanity. And I say that over and over and over again. So it, what it comes out is, okay, for me, it's about inspiring and guiding entrepreneurs, right? That's the means by which I impact the planet. And how do I want to inspire and guide them? I want them, I want to help them, support them, encourage them to create a hopeful, compelling and abundant future for humanity. Because I think ultimately, we that's what we need. We need to see hope. We need to see not only hope, but a compelling future for ourselves and to create an abundant future for humanity. And this idea of abundance, we're going from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. Um, And my dear friend, Stephen Kotler, who um, we both have a tremendous uh, love and respect for, you know, uh, we wrote a book that changed my life. I uh, it was one of these ideas that came into my like it was like wow, that's big. And then I called Steve. I said, Stephen, we have to do this book on abundance. He goes, I've been thinking about the same thing. 
And it's the notion that technology is a force that takes whatever was scarce and makes it abundant. And the simplest way to say that is as more and more people are, are increasing in wealth and capability, some people say, oh my God, I have to take the pie and slice it to thinner and thinner slices now. And it's like, no, that's bullshit. No, we're gonna bake more pies. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's, a, there's all the energy and water and AI is gonna give us abundant healthcare and education and all of these things. And it's, again, comes back to mindset. It's, it's fascinating the, when this is a common thread amongst all of, all of the, the greatest thinkers that I've studied in my life across all kinds of different industries. You mentioned Tony, I've, I've been a guest of Tony's at many of his, his, um, experiences. Uh, but at, regardless of industry, it seems mindset is common thread of the highest performers and not just people who create success for themselves but as you know tony likes to connect uh, success and fulfillment because what is success without fulfillment is hell right because you've done the things and you haven't you don't derive the personal and community benefits from them so it's fascinating to me that mindset is this thread and yet how and why are we so on you know ill-equipped as a culture why is this not the most important you know guiding principle that we teach our children from a very very young age what's why is that the case um because we as a species and as a culture for the majority of human existence it's been about survival um and it's been uh, around just surviving against, uh, you know, pandemics in the past or starvation or getting shelter and so forth. It's just now that we have the luxury of being able to, um, to really take a vacation from survival. But I would also say that a lot of the a lot of the teachings of uh, Buddhism uh, and and some of the practices in, in Hinduism and so forth uh, do talk about mindset. It's, yeah. it, Buddhism is all about mindset. You know, I grew I grew up as a as a Greek Orthodox Christian. You know, uh, from my from my family culture and so forth. But as I read, I'm I'm like, oh, I really actually like being a Buddhist. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. It's like we can start to choose what philosophies and what mindsets work better for us. Yeah, I, that, that makes sense. The fact that on an evolutionary scale are the freedom to not be surveying the horizon for saber-toothed tigers. We're on, we're on the front end of that. And so is it your belief? And, and, and maybe you can you know, tie in the Singularity University. Is that one of the reasons that you know, the Singularity University exists. Is this part of your contribution to education and, and why the topics that the Singularity University um, puts a, a, a lens on is are, are, are so related to human potential and are so optimistic or what's, you know, how, yeah. do you, how do you look at the role of the Singularity University in this mindset and a new education for, because that's why people are listening and watching right now. Honestly, they want to learn and they want to learn from the world's best. And what is, I'm trying to beat this drum of mindset and it, because it's such a continuous thread across all of our guests and all of the top performers. And 
you touch so many industries. Let's let's talk about you know what you've done for education and why. So thank you, and let me define what Singularity University is. So um, I started my first university. It's hard. It's funny to say that when I was in grad school at MIT, I started with two co-founders, Todd Hawley and Bob Richards, um, something called the International Space University. And it's still going strong in Strasbourg, France, and very proud of it. Uh, and it's a multinational, multicultural, multidisciplinary university for the graduate study of space. And space is now becoming a thing, <laughs> becoming a vogue. Um, 12 years ago, I'm, I'm backpacking through Patagonia in Chile. And I bring one book with me, and it's Ray Kurzweil's book that had just come out called The Singularity is Near. And it's this big ass book. And I've, it's like weighs a ton in my backpack. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna read this book. And as I'm reading this book, uh, Ray lays out all of the different exponential technologies and where they are. And 12 years ago was ancient history at uh, the speed of change. And I'm like, I know a lot of this stuff, but the way Ray uh, juxtaposed it all and put it together, it's fascinating. And I said, there's no place on the planet you can go to really learn about all of these areas, computation, sensors, networks, AI, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, augmented virtual reality, blockchain. And there should be a place that you can go. And so I come back, I just recruited Ray onto my board at XPRIZE. I have a, a now famous dinner with him and, and I pitch him, I said, Ray, we should create a singularity university that, that allows people to learn about all of these things, not go, because right now you go to MIT, you go to Harvard, you go to Stanford, you go to wherever in the planet you go, you go and you do a deep, deep dive into one of these areas. You become the world's expert, not on bacteria, not on a bacteria genome, not on a plasmid, not on a gene, on a specific promoter sequence in a gene, in a bacteria, you know, in the ground. It's like, you're so hyper-focused and that's great, but, um, I wanted a place where a person can go and see what's materializing, where where's the convergences of these technologies. And uh, we shook hands on it and we kicked it off. And it's a place right now in SU, given everything going on, is going digital more and more. But if you go to su.org, you can see it started as a nonprofit and then it became so successful, we flipped it into a for-profit just to be able to be more agile and um, be able to incubate companies out of it. And abundance.digital is my my segment of it that I mentor entrepreneurs in. Uh, and ultimately, I think uh, people need to understand these are the most powerful technologies, no matter if you're an artist, a musician, uh, a physician, or whatever career you want, AI is going to transform your business. AR and VR and computation and quantum computing. And we're not trying to turn people into PhDs that understand the physics. It's like, you should understand like what's possible and where is it going? And what are the convergences that are gonna change things up? Because every industry is going to change, every industry not in 100 years, 50 years, this decade. Yeah, this community is largely about 
uh, creativity and entrepreneurship. And when a lot of folks think about creativity, um, this may be a little redundant for, you know, people who are longtime fans of the show, but for context in our conversation, you know, creativity is not popsicle sticks and pipe cleaners and glitter that we're taught in second grade. Creativity with the capital C is, you know, that's our ability to solve problems and to put two new and things that used to not go together together to to be useful. And so if you're spending a lot of time, obviously focused in talking about technology and our understanding of it, but isn't there a, isn't there a, if you're sequencing these things, isn't understanding and knowing the power of creativity and you as an individual's ability to create or co-create new things versus being sort of this cork in the tide, like, oh, I'm along for the ride. And, and so how have you, um, how do you, or how would you share with people um, in our community this mindset of possibility that you are not a cork in the tide, that you have to take responsibility for co-creating the world. You talked about mind, or we spent the first you know, 15 minutes talking okay. about mindset, and that was, that's actually a creativity exercise. I'm just, I'm curious to get your lens on creativity as a, as basically a precursor for where you go to school, what job you have and what you, what you decide to pursue. I'm wondering what, yeah, what I, your I, comment there. I love that. Um, so first of all, I think the single most important thing anybody needs to do is discover their passion and their purpose. Um, I think it's one of the, the most important things I spend a lot of time talking to entrepreneurs about what is your massively transformative purpose. Uh, there's a great quote by Mark Twain. He says, there are two important days in your life, the day you were born and the day you find out why. Right. So I'm really, I feel blessed and lucky. Uh, when I was eight, nine years old, uh, I was born in the early sixties. Um, the Apollo program happened. And at the same time that, that amazing scientific documentary called Star Trek came into existence. And the different, the, the, the interesting dissonant and, and reinforcement of like, wow, this is what we're doing right now. We're on the moon. Holy shit. That's extraordinary. And then Star Trek is like, this is where we're going. And that lit me up and that became my purpose. My parents, uh, born in an island of Lesbos, um, uh, Ended up, you know, my dad became a physician, moved here to the U.S. Uh, my mom should have been a doctor. She ran his office and it was always expected I'd become a doctor. And so that was like, mom, I want to be an astronaut. It's nice, son, but you're going to be a doctor. And so I went to medical school to make them happy. Uh, I was running two companies my fourth year of medical school, a launch company and that space university I mentioned. Um, and but because. I was fueled by that passion, that purpose. And so I think the most important thing that anybody needs to do is connect with that passion, that purpose, to discover it, to let it blossom in you. And then once you know, that's your canvas. And, and it can change over time, right? Mine early was space. I retain that still to some degree, but then it turned to what are the world's biggest problems and how do we solve them? X prize and singularity were born out of that. Um, and then making a hundred years old and you 60 has been sort of my passion and purpose for the last, um, the last five 
years, I guess, as you get older, <laughs> your desire to add, add <laughs> 30 healthy years sort of like looms more significantly in life. Um, but I think honestly getting connected with your passion is like the most important thing. How, how, how do we do it? Cause everyone's well, I, saying it, right? Yeah. I've been saying it, everyone, once you find your purpose, it's like the tractor beam. What does it used to feel like pushing rocks uphill now feels like running downhill. The world is happening for you rather than to you. But how, yeah, how do you so, discover this? So there's a few tricks that I, I play with people and, and first is you have to be willing to try things on and be clear that you can change. You can you try something out for a week, a month. You know, you don't have to commit for the rest of your life. Your passion can change over time, but it's like what feels right for you. So the first thing is what did you want to be as a kid before your parents or your or the world told you you couldn't, right? Because passion is about connecting with energy, emotion. So it's like what, uh, there's gotta be an emotion behind it. There has to be love, awe, hate, anger, whatever it is, there's a deep emotion that fuels that. Because ultimately doing anything big and bold in the world is hard. And if you don't have that emotional energy, we're emotional beings, you will give up before you get there. The stuff that I tried just to make money, uh, it, was, it was empty and meaningless and I gave up and I, it was, it was, you know, the stuff that was truly, uh, the kid in me or the, I've got to solve this. This is awesome. I'm so excited to be a piece of this equation. That stuff, uh, when you hit a brick wall, you know, you rub, you rub off the, uh, the, the hurt and then you get up and you keep going again because the, the passion is still there. So what do you want to do as a kid? If I gave you a billion dollars and said, I want you to change the world, you can't spend this on yourself, what would you do with it, right? I mean, those are a few sort of uh, directional games to play. Um, and then ultimately where technology plays in this is technology is going to enable us to become the ultimate creators. So imagine in the future, we all have a version of Jarvis from Iron Man an AI software shell that surrounds us. And I say, you know, I want to create a thing that, uh, that I that is able to, uh, hold my coffee, keeps it warm. I don't want to handle, and I can like describe mentally what I want. And the AI is able to visualize it in my augmented reality field. And I say, no, no, could you add this and add that? And can you make it like, so it, the coffee doesn't cool off. So I don't know about thermal coefficients, but you do. And can you tell me how much it would make be to make, oh, it's a buck. Can you make it cheaper in any way? And you can describe your intentionality. Mm. And then the technology wrapped around that will then determine what the right materials are, the right tool paths for 3D printers. And you can say, great, that's it. Can you please make it for me? Right, that's ultimately, be, all of us become creators by just connecting our mindset on our intentionality of our, what do we desire, right? So all you have to know is what do you desire? Can you dream big and desire and then use tech, technology to convert your desires into physical visualizations and so forth? I mean, there's, there's tools like Photoshop that are 
part of the equation on the way there, right? Or word that helps you spell right, because, you know, I define someone who can't spell, you know, a word two or three different ways as not being creative. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that, that brings, um, your description of that brings joy in my book, Creative Calling, the first of the four parts is about imagination and our, we've sort of lost our imagination, our ability to think big. And that was part of what was, um, inspiring and in reading, you know, bold, the ability to think in a big, bold way versus the constrained way that we're taught. And so right now there's someone who's listening or watching and they're like, yeah, but, and they're listing all of the sort of practical reasons that they can't do this, citing things like mortgage and three kids and no time and, What's your prescription to to those folks? Is it sort of go back to that dreaming big? Well, I, I'm just and so this is I where people are stuck. It, yeah, and and I respect that, right? And there's the reality of life. Like I lost my job, I've got three kids. Don't tell me about you know thinking big and so forth. And you know respect. I get that. I remember, you know, not too not too long ago, there was a moment in time where I had bought something and, and this is like, you know, God, uh, a dozen years ago and I couldn't pay my bills that next month and I had to return it. And it was like, Oh, that hurt. And, um, and so I, I never want to forget that because it grounds me in that regard. But the most important thing was when you find your passion, you will find increments of time to work on things, to do things, to imagine things. And people love hanging out with people who are happy. People love hanging out with people who've got a great mindset. No one wants to hang out with someone who's a Debbie Downer and depressed all the time. It's reality. We all go through that. But if you are, if you can eke your way up um, to be more excited and talk, you t when you find something you're passionate about, you speak about it in an excited fashion. You see, you speak about it, and people are attracted to you, and all of these things add mm. onto it. So it all comes back for me of what are you passionate about? Can you find your passion? Can you have conversations with people? Can you go and read about as many people and and Ask people, what are you passionate about? How did you find your passion? Get case studies and stories and so forth and and try things on. And don't be afraid because, oh my God, what if I get it wrong? Bullshit, you don't, there's no right or wrong. It's like what feels good for you. It seems whimsical to people who haven't bought into it yet, but that what feels good to you is, again, this I'm, I've always, sort of deconstructed my successes and failures and the successes and failures of people who've been on the show and at Creative Live. And that, you know, the the cultivating the energy, the passion, the um the the framework for doing all of the stuff is literally what lights you up. So I'm gonna say something to you. I'm gonna say a phrase and I was hoping okay. that you would then elaborate on it. Sure. The best way to predict the future is to create it yourself. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that we are all, um, that we manifest our future and that we are more powerful than ever before. People don't realize how powerful they are. We Say more. are powerful Say more that. beings. Uh, first of all, if you think about today as an individual living in the year 2020, 
into 2021. You have access to all the information in the world, literally. You know, I, I love you know saying, okay, uh, Siri, what's the gross national product of Ghana? She's so thinking. She's in 2018, the gross national income of Ghana was about 63.4 billion US dollars per year. So, I mean, it's like, <clears throat> um, you can ask any question and get the answer. That's extraordinary. You have access to all the entertainment and knowledge on the planet for free. I mean, this used to be only resident in the hands of the wealthiest kings and queens and billionaires, and even what they knew was minuscule. Um, you have access to, you know, spin up computational power if you know how to find it. So ultimately, we're more powerful than ever before. We're able to reach out and connect to people. And uh, one of the most, one of the most um, scarce things is the is the passionate, committed mind. So it really is finding your passion and being getting committed to it. Uh, and once you do that, magical things happen. Uh, because if, and then it's one of the things that's important is you have to let everyone know what your passion is. Boom. Huge. Because when you, when you communicate that, then the universe comes to you. Your friend goes, Hey, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Did you know that Bill or Trish over here knows this and that? And, and all of a sudden things start coming to you. You become a magnet for those things. So, um, you know, creating the future is by intentionality, by saying, you know, and, and it's just, it's magical. It really truly is. I don't believe in the bullshit of like magical thinking. I do believe in, uh, in the, in being clear about this is what I want to create. This is where I want to go. And I'm going to work towards that. I'm going to find people who can help me on the way. I'm going to read about it. I'm going to learn about it and creating that future. And by the way, you know, sometimes it takes a decade. You know, a lot of the things in my life, I, I jokingly say, we, we talked about this a little bit, I said it's overnight success after 11 years of hard work. Yeah. Isn't it true that the science supports this idea of manifestation the quant at, at a quantum physics level? It I think does. for the folks right there that are like, oh, I don't, I don't need another uh, version of the movie The Secret. Thanks, Chase. Thanks, Peter. <laughs> give, give me something real. And, you know, can you speak about this, you know, from the, um, the science of the brain and the science of um, um, quantum mechanics? Well, the, the science of the brain is one that we are constantly bombarded by, you know, thousands of times more information than we can consume in our brain. Um, and we have cognitive biases that filter what we see and how we process it. And uh, if you become clear about the vision of where you want to go, you will pick up trace information, little intonations and conversations and a sentence that you read that will lead you in those directions. These are breadcrumbs that you would otherwise ignore, right? Without a target, you'll miss it every time. And so just being able to, you're bombarded by information and people and connections and so forth. And we don't realize how much of that falls to the ground fallow. But if you're clear about what you're looking for, 
you will say something in a conversation that will elicit something else that will lead to something else. And all of a sudden, wow, how did that materialize? How did that happen? It didn't just happen magically. It happened because you were looking for it and because you were putting that out into the universe, either by conversation or how you decide to spend your time. And that for me is very real. It's very real. This notion that so much of the best things in the world are a 10 or 11 year overnight success has a lot of people worried, especially again, a whole, a whole range of ages listen and watch the show. And for someone who's later in that um, life arc, there's a panic of, I don't have 10 years. And I'm going to use this as a creative segue to longevity. And you, <laughs> you, you made a joke earlier you know, um, if you're, if you're, you know, 19 and listening to the show, it's it, like everyone would agree that you have time, although, you know, life is uncertain. And obviously we're in a crazy time right now where, you know, that, that certainty is, <clears throat> is share, showing itself in, in a, in a, a lot of ways, but let's just agree for a second that, wait a minute, not only is life long, but that is, you know, that is the only way commitment to something you actually care about over time. It's the over time part that most people whiff on. So as you're talking with your hands here, again, for those who are listening rather than watching, they, they miss this benefit, but I can see what I think is an aura ring on yes, yes. your finger. Yeah, my, my, vent, my venture fund, I'm very proud is one of the uh, early investors in the aura ring. Yeah. Great. I, I, I wear that as well. And, but you can't, that, you know, can't measure it. You can't improve it. So <laughs> well, here we are. Um, we want to pursue these things. We're nervous about how long it takes to create the success that we want. And sometimes it can take, to your words, 11 years. I haven't got 11 years, but you do. And if you don't think you do, talk to us about the future of longevity. I know this is a, you've written about this extensively. You are active in it. You made a comment earlier about adding 30 years to yeah. your life. So, uh, awesome. Uh, uh, the average human lifespan, uh, for most of human history was like 28 or 30. Uh, you would have a baby at age 13 when you went to puberty and a hundred thousand years ago, uh, by what time you were 26, 27, 28, your baby was having a baby. And back when food was scarce, before Whole Foods and McDonald's were around, um, the last thing you wanted to do was steal food from your baby's mouth or your grandchildren's mouth because it didn't perpetuate the species. So the best thing you could do was die. <laughs> and so we didn't develop a, uh, in a long lifespan past our reproductive age. And, um, but it turns out that there are species of life on Earth I remember when I was in medical school, I watched a TV show on long-lived sea life that certain species of whales could live 200 years, like the bowhead whale. The Greenland shark will do four or 500 years. Sea turtles will do 500 years, as long as 700 years. And I'm like, holy shit, why can they? Why can't we? And I remember thinking to myself, it's either a software problem or a hardware problem. And we're going to solve those things. And so we're finally at a point now where we're beginning to truly understand the software and the hardware of the human body. And so there is a multitude of companies, uh, a number of which 
I'm invested in or have had the pleasure to co-found and or advise um, that are in phase one, phase two, phase three clinical trials of incredible breakthroughs. Um, and, and this is, I mentioned earlier that I'm writing a book with Tony Robbins, it's called Life Force, and it's about all of these different, what are, what are the technologies out there that are going to increase vitality and health span? This is not about being in a wheelchair at 120 years old. This is about having the aesthetics, the cognition, the mobility at 100 that you had at 50 or 60, right? So that you feel good, you look good, you're moving around, you're enjoying life and such. And I think that we really are gonna add 10, 20, maybe 30 healthy years over the course of the next 10 to 20 years. The rate of technology is expanding that fast. And so there's a concept that, um, that Ray Kurzweil uh, and Aubrey de Grey talk about called longevity escape velocity. And the concept is the following, that for every year that you're alive, there's gonna be a, the, so science is adding lifespan every year to your life by terms of breakthroughs of reducing cancer, heart disease, neurodegenerative disease. And there's gonna be a point that at some point where science is adding more than a year to your lifespan for every year that you're alive, and then it becomes divergent. And I truly believe kids today have a indefinite lifespan. Um, if they, if they choose that and, and, you know, things get very strange, not 50 years from now, not 30 years from now, 20 years from now, as we are seeing AI impact everything and the speed at which AI is impacting the world. And I'm tracking this and my work through future loop and, and others, it's insane. It really is like, holy shit, this is faster than I ever imagined. It's like incredible things are coming our way. So um, there's a multitude from stem cells to what are called synolytic medicines that, that kill zombie cells in the body, senile cells, to wind pathway manipulations, to, uh, uh, to vaccines, to augmenting your immunity, augmenting your cellular repair mechanisms. There's a multitude of different companies and it's a multi-trillion dollar industry and you still can't take it with you. So I do think that if you keep yourself in good, reasonable health, um, and there are things you can do right now, just for everybody listening, the basics still apply. Can you, you know, get seven or eight hours of sleep every day, right? So I, I used to like try and minimize my sleep and I'm, I'm, yes, the aura ring comes out and I, there's a great book by Matt Walker called Why We Sleep. I commend it to everybody. And after reading that book, I don't, I prioritize sleep. I don't shortchange it. If evolution could have gotten rid of sleep, it would have, uh, because we're so, we're so exposed during sleep or so unproductive during sleep. It is fundamental to your health. The second thing is exercise. Uh, the third thing is diet. I try and do intermittent fasting as much as I can. Um, so I don't have breakfast, even though I was taught growing up, it's the most important meal of the day. I try and, and do a 15 to 20 hour fast every day. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then mindset, right? If you think you're screwed and you're going to die, 
you may very well. If you are excited about life and you're excited about living to see what's next, um, that attitude is fundamentally important. So science is coming strong in the interim, sleeping, dieting, exercising, mindset, super critical. It's crazy how, what is it, uh, simple but not easy, right? These are, you're, it's not like you're saying you need to get this rare root from sub-Saharan Africa and grind it into a powder and, <laughs> and snort it, <laughs> and snort it, right? You were saying sleep eight hours yeah. and, and yet as a culture, we're slow to adopt those things. And, uh, you mentioned diet, you mentioned intermittent fasting, you know, there's, we've got episodes galore on that. I think a lot of folks have gone very, very deep. So I'll, I won't tread where others are experts, but anything else that you are doing with your diet that is, um, a simple takeaway besides. Yeah. I mean, I've gone, um, all vegan. I've gone vegan hundred percent. Uh, I was pescatarian eating fish and so forth, but my biggest risk genetically is, um, is cardiovascular disease. And so I've just decided to pummel it. Uh, so I've gone all vegan. I do my best to reduce uh, sugar intake as low as possible. Um, and you say sugars are those uh, artificial sugars or natural sugars as well? Um, uh, artificial sugars uh, as much as possible. You know, I love ice cream, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm luckily uh, lactose intolerant, so I reduce that to my, you know. But uh, all all sugars and including trying, you know, just spiking my insulin levels by eating too much fruit, um, you know. And there is there is the point to be made, you know. I don't want to like live long if I hate my life, you know. So it's all a matter of. There's a, a phrase my dad taught me when I was bon metron adistan from ancient Greek, which means everything in moderation. And so, you know, I, I've, I'm, I'm moderate about being extreme there, but I have gone vegan because um, I think it's just you can get all the protein you need and it's healthier for you. And um, and then I have uh, supplements that I take. I, I and and all, at the end of the day, for me, it's about giving my body the best chance to intercept the technologies that are coming. I like that. It's, it's a framework for intercepting the technologies that are coming. Um, for people who want to know more about that, we'll let them uh, dive into your um, your individual works, books, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, if they go to my website, diamandis.com, uh, I have all my blogs there. And if you just search on supplements, I've written blogs about what I'm taking. Um, and, you know, I think there are ways to boost your immune system, especially now in the in, you know, age of COVID-19. Uh, maintaining a strong immune system is critically important. So you talked about uh, longevity, of course. We talked about change. And let's, like, smash those things together now. So if... Uh, we're going to see a lot of change over um, an increasingly short amount of time. That means the amount of change that we will see, uh, of course, across the horizon of a life 
is extraordinary. You already painted a picture of the Jarvis AI. Yeah. Um, but you also said something in that last um, um, line of thinking around what we're going to see change in the next 10 years. And it sounded pretty radical. You're going to add 30 years of life in the next 10 to 20 years of our time. And people who are just being born now are potentially, you know, going to live forever. Now, that sounds radical to someone who's not, you know, embedded in the science and maybe doesn't surround themselves with yourself and Tony and, and uh, others. So, you know, how- in, our, in, our, in our last five minutes here, I'll just tell you some of the stuff that I think is coming. Um, and uh, this is the, the latest book that Stephen Kotler and I wrote called The Future is Faster Than You Think. Uh, and in the back of it, we talk, you know, the book talks about the next 10 years of how we're going to transform healthcare and education, entertainment, finance, insurance, real estate, retail, every industry. The back of the book, we talk about uh, some of the really interesting stuff, not 100 years, but the next 30 years, 40 years. I mean, first of all, we have we're about to take the human race into this into space, right? Elon and Bezos both uh, are guaranteeing that. And that's been an area of passion for me. Uh, millions of years from now, whatever we evolve into, uh, we're going to see, we're going to know, we're going to go back historically. These next 20 years is the moment in time that the human race moved off the planet into space, right? It's like, it's like the equivalent of a lungfish coming out of the oceans onto land. It's, we're about to bud Gaia into the cosmos. The other stuff that's really, for me, the most fascinating is that we're on the verge of connecting our brains to the cloud, right? Uh, the whole idea of brain-computer interface, the idea of our, our 100 billion neurons, 100 trillion synaptic connections are limited in our skull because of the size of the vaginal birth canal. Our brains can't get bigger. Um, but the same way that my cell phone, when it needs to do a complicated problem, it do it on the processing on the computer on my cell phone it goes to the edge of the cloud on 4g soon to be 5g does the processing there and sends the answer back well we're on the verge of connecting our brain to the cloud where if i want to understand quantum physics or whatever i can go to the cloud think and google think and understand and even more interestingly if you're connected, your brain to the cloud, I'm connected, and other people are connected, then all of a sudden there's a meta intelligence. I love Star Trek. The only thing I'm sad that uh, Gene Roddenberry did was create the Borg as an evil species. <laughs> um, thank you for for being a bright and positive voice in a time that's tough for so much of humanity right now. I know that you're doing a ton of work with therapeutics and diagnostics for COVID-19. We don't have time to get into that, but um, send us off into your picture of the possibility of the future of someone who's listening right now. Tell us a story in a minute about what you believe is possible for a watcher, a listener over the course of the next five, 10 years of this one precious life that they have. I believe that we are able to connect with people who share our passions independent of where you live. 
It used to be that where you were born determined everything. Uh, your access to books, to communications capability, to whether you were black or white, you know, what religion you were a part of. We have become unencumbered from that. We're living on a planet, and I believe that every person has the potential to rise to the abilities of their dreams. And that's what I'm working for, a, a world in which we can meet the needs of every man, woman, and child. That if you're clear about what you want to do, how you want to impact, what your dreams are, um, now, because they can change in the future, you can connect with other people who have that those similar dreams and passions and create magic that we can truly invent the future we want to live into. Uh, and there's nobody's permission you need to ask. It's a function of, of just when you hit a roadblock, pick it up and driven by your passion, by that North star that guides you every day to just keep on keeping on. And it may take a decade. Uh, but uh, you'll get there, and there is joy in that and meaning in that. And anyway, pal, a pleasure. Thank you. Thank for you so show. much. Is there anywhere you'd like to direct people? Uh, you've I been just, a bright uh, light. You know, I think uh, if you want to follow my work, if you go to diamandis.com, I put out a blog every week on these mindsets, on the breakthroughs that I'm seeing. Futureloop.com is where I'm reinventing how you get the news that that you that shapes your mindset. Uh, abundance.digital is where I mentor entrepreneurs. Those are the, the three things. Anyway. Thank you so much for being on the show, Peter. Have a wonderful weekend and uh, looking forward to consuming everything you're putting out in the next uh, next chapter. Good luck. Thank you for being friend. on the show. Best to everybody listening. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hey, that was an awesome episode. But before you bounce, just I got three quick thoughts. First, thank you for being in this community. It gives me so much juice. I can't even tell you. So much juice that when I hit publish and this show goes out into the ether, that there's an amazing community of like-minded people just like you consuming and sharing the show. So thank you. Second, it would be huge. It would mean the world to me if you left a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Now, we're regularly featured at the top slot there on Apple's podcast page and others in Spotify, etc. And that's because of your reviews. So if you've ever wanted to uh, lend a hand or you got some value from me in the past and you want to pay it forward, that would be amazing. And then lastly, it would also mean the world to me if you shared the content that you get here, whether it's a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening, anything via Instagram stories um, or any other social feeds tagging me and the guests. Now, I repost this content and your comments all the time, so I would love to share your shout outs in my feed too. Um, not only do these shout outs, uh, are, are they good for you and me, but they also help us book amazing guests because they see the reach that you cultivate. This is a way for you to help contribute to the show. So again, want to say thanks. I'm just at Chase Jarvis. You can use at creative live as well. And the guests are easy to track down because they are, well, they're usually quite well-known people. Um, but again, thank you so much for listening. I'm looking forward to being in your ears again, hopefully tomorrow.